The only real prison is fear. And the only real freedom is freedom from fear. That was Ong San Suu Kyi. She helped Myanmar transition from military rule into something definitely more democratic. She won a Nobel Peace Prize. She's pretty cool. I used to think if I couldn't find hope, I should just let it all go. I used to think if I couldn't make dreams come true, I should just let them all go. got me they friggin they friggin got me you know i thought that a maybe i was invincible you know maybe i was uh immune i thought that maybe i was just too quick too slippery that my uh temple this body temple that i've got was was uh, in a different league. But here we are, pretty much exactly two years to the day that life got flipped upside down due to COVID, at least here in North America. I know that other parts of the world were dealing with COVID and the ramifications of its start a little earlier. But here, I remember it was mid-March when everything Flipped upside down, and yeah, two years, COVID got me. They got me. The globalists. (laughs) Whoever else is uh, behind it. Yeah, no, I got COVID. And so I guess I have no excuse but to record a podcast. You know, COVID's not going to keep me down. It's not going to keep me off the airwaves. You know, this is my this is my Michael Jordan flu game, except it's not a flu. It's it's a it's COVID. It's a pandemic. Michael Jordan would never. Michael Jeffrey Jordan would never. He couldn't. They wouldn't even let him. But here I am, out here doing it for all of y'all. Uh, bells on the table while I'm recording this. You know, I talked last episode about getting a table and basically life coming together and then COVID came and got me but uh, so she's yeah stretching out as I talk about her because she knows her name it's pretty cute maybe I'll snap a pic or something but so she's here in case anybody was wondering where she was at don't worry she's here uh late COVID got me again yeah here we are it's been a good time obviously too reflect to just take time to take stake to measure and that's good again i've talked about in in length at many times how freeing the start of covid was for me 
just with not having responsibilities, like knowing that there was nothing that had to be done, knowing that for those initial two weeks of quarantine that the only social responsibility and obligation was to stay home, to quarantine, to do nothing. And so there's been a lot of thoughts on freedom and freedom of choice, freedom of daily choice, freedom of maybe just what to do in life, what to do with life, probably better. And that quote that I opened with, the only real prison is fear, and the only real freedom is freedom of fear. I mean, I think real prisons are probably also real prisons, but I do agree with the sentiment. True freedom can't really exist with fear, in some way at least. You know, fear as anxiety and a lack of feeling free, those sort of go hand in hand. I've talked about I've talked about how a lot of my anxiety is financially based and that I strive for one day having financial freedom because that financial freedom makes up a lot of general freedom. And freedom is a feeling more than anything. I don't think freedom is an actual thing that we can classify or that we can put out the points and be like, if you have these, you're free. There's obviously different definitions for freedom, and there are ways that people aren't free that maybe don't exactly relate to this, but at, uh, at this level, at this base level, you can't be free if you're fearful. And the feeling of freedom doesn't jive with other feelings like depression or anxiety. If those are stronger within you, then it's going to be impossible to feel free. And I think that freedom is maybe the main goal for everybody in life. And it gets masked in different desires. But I think all of those things probably boil down to at the end of the day, being free to to do what you want or to get what you want or to live the way that you want. All we're all after is some freedom. I'm not trying to get into COVID and the pandemic and restrictions or anything like that. Like That's not the freedom I'm talking about. The fear that has come from COVID that people are dealing with in different ways, that's a loss of freedom. But restrictions and masks and things, those aren't really a loss of freedom. I'm not afraid of masks, and I don't think many people... I mean, it seems like I guess a lot of people are afraid of masks or something, but that's not losing your freedom. I think that maybe if we can boil it down on that debate, I don't ever want to just cancel a person. That's not true. There's some people that I will I will denounce and cancel, but the everyday, random, normal person, just because they have a different view, you should not just immediately write them off. If they want to talk, if they want to have a conversation, you should listen to their points, and hopefully they'll do the same. But 
when we're talking about it in this way and trying to understand how a group of people are screaming freedom and don't want to wear masks and things like that, it probably just, at the end of the day, is because they're scared and they're fearful and they do not feel free. And again, that's a feeling more so than it is a I have to wear a mask thing. That's the point they've taken because maybe their verbal argument is not as nuanced, but that's a way to express. Right or wrong, people are just scared. I mean, rightfully so, people are scared, but for exact reasons, maybe right or wrong. But I mean, hey, here I am, COVID, COVID 2022, the new wave. It's cool now. There was other times people were getting it, Christmas, when it started, all those other spikes, but the cool people are getting it now. The people that choose their own time, they don't conform to everybody else's COVID. Everybody else thinks it's done, nah, we're we're still hipster COVID, that's what I've got. Going strong. It's been okay, you know, it's been okay. I got two of those, the stuff they put in you. The chips, I got two of those in me, so those are fighting it off. (laughs) And I'm lucky enough to be, you know, within six months of my second dose still, so that's probably a, a stronger protection or something. Maybe it's uh Omicron because it's not too bad. Even the worst day wasn't too bad. It's uh Friday I'm talking to you here. And symptoms started Monday, Monday night. Monday night I started to maybe like, is that a tickle in my throat? Is that something? Let's monitor that. I'd also found out on the Sunday that somebody I was in contact with had just tested positive for COVID. So I was also just, anxiety levels were high. My, uh, my, uh, brain fog. COVID brain fog is real. I will say that I have not been able to keep a a real train of thought or just find what I'm looking for in my, in my brain. But I guess what I was trying to say is my spidey senses were probably heightened. Just knowing that COVID was around me. And the next day, the Tuesday, I was like, all right, I'm definitely sick. I slept like crap, even though I slept for a decent while. The sore throat is not a bad one, but it is one. Like that's not a a normal and everyday, regular, normal sort of thing. And then just a bit of like exhaustion. The exhaustion was pretty crazy. I could not pull myself out of bed. And then when I did, it's like, oh man, getting up, walking to the kitchen to get some water was an activity. And so I was like, eh, these are still pretty mild symptoms, but with what's going around, I'm going to stay home. So I stayed home from work on the Tuesday. And the Wednesday, I'm like, all right, what are we doing here? Things didn't really get worse over the Tuesday. They just stayed. Exhaustion, 
little bit of like headachey every now and then. I'm like, hmm, this seems like it might be something, but oh, chest, some chest heaviness. And my problem was, you know, these are a lot of feelings, not the sore throat, but the chest heaviness, the headaches, the exhaustion. These are sort of what I feel when I'm going through some mental health stuff and and the anxiety from COVID being so near to me a couple of days ago. I was like, I might just be a little over worried right now. So I wasn't sure exactly what to do, but I figured, you know what? It's Wednesday. I had taken Tuesday off, now Wednesday. I don't want to miss too much work. I should probably at least test for COVID and see what we're doing. So my lovely friend dropped off some rapid tests for me, some strawberry banana boathouse juice, just the best stuff in the world, some Ferreros, zinc tablets, the good stuff, a real good care package. Shout out Ellie Bean. So I took a test. I'm like, all right, let's do it. I got way up in the snout, both snout holes. Did the whole thing. Negative. They didn't get me. I was giggling. I am invincible. But still felt kind of like garbage. Kind of like I really don't want to do anything. So whatever day goes on, I spend the day on the couch. I'm thinking, reflecting, writing, tripping, stumbling, clumsy cause I'm falling in love, in love. And I'm like, well, fuck. This is a good excuse to not go to work and I really don't want to go to work because I'm just a little exhausted. Or am I exhausted because of COVID? In any case, it's like, this feels like a time to take a break. I wasn't going to go in to work on Thursday. I'm going to speed this up. (laughs) Thursday comes along, same feelings, maybe a little bit worse. Test again, negatory. I'm like, all right, well, starting to feel a little bit better. I should probably stay away. This really seems like COVID. A couple other people at work have gotten COVID. Let's, uh, you know what? Probably going to go to work tomorrow. I've been feeling okay. I'll get some sleep. So I got some sleep today, Friday. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's hit this day. You know, sore throat's pretty much cleared up. Nose little stuffy. We're still tired, but hey, I'm tired every day I wake up. Plan is hop in a shower, do a test just to make sure we're still COVID-free since 93. Then we'll pop on down to work, tell everybody that COVID can't get me, and move on with my day, week, month, year, life. And so I did the test, and they really got me. I've seen... Quite a few people take these rapid tests, and sometimes that positive line's a little faint or a little whatever. It takes some time. Like, it was solid before the test even got up to that top line. For anybody that's taking COVID tests knows what I'm talking about. And I was like, okay, yeah, that, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, they got me. And honestly, it was a relief because I knew that I had COVID. The timing with other people getting it, being around those people, the sickness, the same symptoms, all these things. I knew I had COVID. I was almost frustrated at the fact that I wasn't testing positive because I knew I had it. And now I can say that I've had swine flu and COVID. 
don't think there's too many of us out there that are uh, living to tell our stories. If only I'd got Zika. Have the trifecta. So it was a relief. It was a relief to get that positive test. And I'm like, all right, well, I can sit back again. I can relax. I can take time to rest up, feel better before I get back into things. Because A, I don't want to spread this to anybody. I don't want anybody to get COVID because of me. Whereas usually in years before COVID, if I was sick or allergies, colds, flus, whatever it is, like the little stuff, the stuff that you can fight through, I would fight through it because I feel I've got a responsibility to work and I got to make money and I can't really do it. So it was a relief to be like, no, you know what? I can take some time here and get myself right. And so that's what I'm doing. Taking a step back, recalibrating. Not sure if I've talked about prayer. I think I have. Probably not in uh, in too much depth, but probably in the same sort of thing. But I've been praying over the last few years. Not to God, to to Mother Nature, to maybe the natural creator. More of an indigenous idea. But the main point is I need to talk to to nature, talk to something natural, feel that energy, and try to connect my energy with that. And that's something that I haven't done since I did my knee. And that's fast approaching four months. And it wasn't something I did every day or or every week, even monthly or, or closer to that. And so it had been a couple months before, and now an extra four months on top. It's been a while. And... You know, it was one of my, that's Bell jumping on the table and drinking my water. You're going to get COVID, cat. You're going to get cat COVID. That's her kissing the mic if you're interested. She's really quite a bother. You know, it was one of my first thoughts once the dust settled on my injury was to ask for help, to ask for a quick and easy recovery. Because everything that I've asked for, and again, I ask in a vague way, I don't ask for specifics necessarily, but it all usually happens. And I don't ask for things that are too specific or that are that specific, like to me, like for me, more general I don't know, feelings, general sort of something in this area, instead of, hey, I want to see a dog tomorrow. So I did think about sitting just sort of in bed those first couple days when I really couldn't move, about trying to get out there and, and asking for some help, but I don't ever, I'll call it prayer, with prayer want to come off as selfish. It's always more about gratitude. It's always thank you. Always starts with thank you for what's going on and getting into specifics about what's going on in my life and what I appreciate about what I have right now. It's always much more grateful. And then like a little, hey, if you don't mind nudging something along this way or that way or making something feel or go a little smoother. 
And I guess there's a fear of, of course, just not getting something back. If I say, hey, I want to win the lottery. Can you help me do that? That's just probably not going to happen. And then it kind of ruins the whole practice. And also, I mean, maybe it's because why do I want to win the lottery? Why do I deserve it? That's, again, selfish. I don't need that. But I do think that I need to pray more in a way that it is manifestation more than prayer. If you don't want to call it prayer or look at it as prayer, it's manifesting. It's putting energy out there towards something. That's the root of it. I don't actually think there's a, a single being that I'm speaking to or some single entity that's helping. I'm just putting a certain energy out there. I'll turn off all sound. I won't wear shoes. <laughs> I won't wear shoes for some reason. You know, I got to be a little natural. Got to have my feet on the wood patio that I have. Because I'm trying to connect. I'm trying to really get in there. And I think that I need to practice that more because I think that it's healthy. I think it's it's just purposeful. I think a lot of my life recently has not been too purposeful, especially outside of work or especially alone time. I don't meditate anymore. I don't do yoga. I don't stretch. I don't take time to do something with, with a purpose and with my full focus. I throw something on in the background and I scroll my phone and I have something on my laptop. There's so many things going. It's because I'm really just trying to distract myself into doing nothing. Instead of just doing nothing. Because doing absolutely nothing is scary. Because I feel I've always got to be doing something. You know, I'm looking for a partner in all aspects of life. It can be multiple partners to cover different things in life or, or one that can do it all. And I think a big problem in society today is that people are looking for other people to do work for them. I think it's a capitalistic idea that has shaped our working lives and been the measuring stick of success there in our working lives. And due to that idea of success, it has slithered its way into all facets of our lives. And I'm guilty of it. I know that. But I think that's because I don't have those partners yet. You know, at work, maybe because it's not fulfilling enough, or maybe because I don't have anyone who wants to split the same workload up and work together instead of having different roles, or because I'm not the owner of my company and they have set up these different roles, whatever it may be. But I'm at a point now where I'm struggling with the fact that, A, I like to work, 
I love to feel productive. I love to plan and execute and watch things come together. And B, that I'm not motivated to work. And I think that's because I'm not really working towards the type of system that I want to to work in. You know, the, the successful situations that come from this general accepted work success is that I'll be the manager and I'll have people to do the grunt work for me, which is apparently what I'm supposed to be climbing the ladder for. But then by doing so, I don't end up getting that partner to work on things with and that curtails the motivation and there's no way to keep fighting, to keep grinding. Right now, I'm deep in the rat race. Working for and toward, I don't even know, the hope that I can move up a ladder, get some money, start my own thing, and achieve some type of fulfillment through making a difference in society and helping others. But really, that's not what I actually want either. That's maybe the goal I've come up with as a project that I can work towards because I'm not in control of who is going to come into my life and partner up with me on projects. You know, I could go and live in a forest right now, but that's just like, how how is anybody going to want to just uproot their life and run to the middle of the forest and build a house? And hunt food, grow crops. I was talking with a friend recently, and his two-year plan, Wheels Are In Motion, is him and a bunch of friends are going to start a commune. They don't know for how long or anything, but they're going to go and buy some land and build a house. There's going to be 10 of them or something like that. And they're going to go commit sort of two years to it as a minimum of let's see if this works. And they're going to, they're all saving up for it and, and have those initial things, but are going to need money for food and stuff to get started. But they're going to try to plant all their own food and, and do all these things and just sort of work and live together and work on passion projects. And it's like, fuck, maybe give it a try. I'd quit my job and start a new project or startup next week if I had a partner in that that I knew would put in the same effort and enthusiasm as me. I've been asking friends for the past couple of years to create something with me. I've tried creating different things. This podcast, one of them, other business ideas, building games, working on a bunch of different little potential vocations, and no one's down to clown. And hey, that is fine and understandable. All these ideas are my own, so I can't expect people to do what I want to do. But come on, people, let's team up. You know, we're social beings. My ancestors were living in communal houses less than 
200 years ago at most. I've got this burning in my being to live and work and spend my time with like-minded people working on, I mean, just living, really. But you can't really go about that like my forefathers, just hunting, gathering, and doing the basics of life. If only. Today you've got to do much more. You've got to make money, for one. That's the main thing. We act like we're not slaves. And sure, we're not. We are not in a situation anything like what actual slaves of the past were going through. But to not think that we are at least prisoners is maybe a better word and ties into the prison of fear. You cannot just live free. Try it. Spend the next two months just doing nothing. Walking around a park or something. You can't. We are forced, I'll say, to get a job and earn money and work for the people at the top where they don't have to. And if you choose not to, then you are choosing to not have money, to not have a home, to not have food, to not have a life. We're totally prisoners. I recommended before on here the movie My Dinner with Andre. And I want to quote a part of that movie here. And warning, it's a little long, but I'm going to read it anyway. So I'm going to read as, as one of the characters. Andre, the one that he's having dinner with. Here we go. We're bored. We're all bored now. But has it ever occurred to you, Wally, that the process that creates this boredom that we see in the world now may very well be a self-perpetuating, unconscious form of brainwashing created by a world totalitarian government based on money, and that all of this is much more dangerous than one thinks? And it's not just a question of individual survival, Wally but that somebody who's bored is asleep and somebody who's asleep will not say no? See, I keep meeting these people. Just a few days ago, I met this man whom I greatly admire. He's a Swedish physicist, Gustav Bjornstrand, and he told me that he no longer watches television, he doesn't read newspapers, and he doesn't read magazines. He's completely cut them out of his life because he really does feel that we're living in some kind of Orwellian nightmare now and that everything you hear now contributes to turning you into a robot. And when I was at Findhorn, I met this extraordinary English tree expert who had devoted his life to saving trees. Just got back from Washington, lobbying to save the Redwoods. He's 84 years old and he always travels with a backpack because he never know where he's going to be tomorrow. And when I met him at Finhorn, he said to me, Where are you from? 
And I said, New York. He said, ah, New York. Yes, that's a very interesting place. Do you know a lot of New Yorkers who keep talking about the fact that they want to leave but never do? And I said, oh, yes. He said, why do you think they don't leave? I gave him different banal theories. He said, I don't think it's that way at all. I think that New York is the new model for the new concentration camp where the camp has been built by the inmates themselves and the inmates are the guards and they have this pride in this thing they've built. They've built their own prison and so they exist in a state of schizophrenia where they are both guards and prisoners. And as a result, they no longer have, having been lobotomized, the capacity to leave the prison they've made or to even see it as a prison. And then he went into his pocket and he took out a seed from a tree and he said, This is a pine tree. He put it in my hand and he said, Escape before it's too late. See, actually, for two or three years now, Chiquita and I have had this very unpleasant feeling that we really should get out. That we really should feel like Jews in Germany in the late 30s. Get out of here. Of course, the problem is where to go. Because it seems quite obvious that the whole world is going in the same direction. See, I think it's quite possible that the 1960s represented the last burst of the human being before he was extinguished and that this is the beginning of the rest of the future now, and that from now on, there will simply be all these robots walking around, feeling nothing, thinking nothing, and there'll be nobody left almost to remind them that there once was a species called a human being, with feelings and thoughts, and that history and memory are right now being erased. And soon nobody will really remember that life existed on the planet. Unquote. And I know that's probably a bit much, but it makes me sad because I do share a feeling of those views that freedom and creativity is being quickly stripped away from the everyday person's life and being replaced by just being a cog in the wheel to keep things running for the top X percent of the world who can afford to live free. And that we're just part of a workforce to push technology forward. Elon Musk has said that he thinks that humans are the biological bootloader of AI. And... It does kind of feel like we were once a caterpillar, free to roam and eat and fall and discover. And now we're sort of wrapping ourselves in a cocoon that we can't really move from or break out of. And that from this cocoon, we will emerge as artificial intelligence or as robots maybe that resemble the human caterpillar that went in maybe not but that seems like the logical next step i mean if not where are we going because as much as i'd like to 
go backwards, that's just not the way things work. We are only going to push forward and push forward at a ridiculous pace. I just want to sit around a fire, lower my inhibitions, roll around in the grass, swim, play games, explore, eat, have sex, sleep, laugh, create things, converse, do whatever comes to my mind. Instead, I've got to wake up, go to work for half, half of my waking day. We all realize that, right? 24 in a day, 8 should be sleep. That leaves 16, and we're supposed to work for 8 of those. And then with the 8 left, you have to do things that you have to do outside of work. Eat, drink, take care of yourself, take care of some societal expectation, plan your next day, make sure you're prepared for the week, think about work and improving on things in life to make some imaginary day decades down the line better and easier? How much time in a day do you actually get just for you to do whatever comes to mind? I don't fucking get any. And I know that a lot of that is due to some mental health things that eat into any free time and whether I should be doing nothing and doing what I want or using free time to try to get that imaginary day sooner than what I'm currently on a trajectory for. I've got a romanticized idea of post-apocalyptic life. <laughs> like... When COVID was just hitting, I was in my absolute zone. So happy, feeling so good. Societal pressures stripped away for a couple weeks. It was heavenly. Heavenly. I love zombie movies and shows. Except The Walking Dead after like season two and a half because... God, they became the biggest tease with nothing of substance ever happening. But I digress. I love the ideas of those timelines because, aside from the zombies, life gets simpler. There's something about trauma, too, that brings people together. Camaraderie. That is so important to life. There's a book called Tribe I'm reading that focuses on two things. Soldiers that come back from war and, and indigenous tribes and how there's something to do with current societal structures being stripped away and just living with a close family type group, having to focus on surviving and not a whole lot else that our brains are much more comfortable with. Like, that's the thing. The agricultural revolution and the industrial revolution, while being unequivocal turning points in society or ushering new ages, they didn't change the day-to-day -day life for a single person the way that this current technological revolution is. It's hard to keep up. 
I imagine it was hard to keep up with things changing over a lifetime. But now we're having things change over a couple-year period. TV, computers, the internet, cell phones, social media. All these things are coming from nothing to world-dominating in just a matter of years. It's impossible to keep up. And fuck, I don't want to feel like I have to keep up, or I don't want to just keep up. I want to exceed. I want to do me. I, for these episodes, write out some ideas or talking points beforehand, just in case I draw a blank or am not vibing with the way I'm riffing. So when I wrote that I wanted to talk about the desire of a partner for different things in life, it jogged my memory to this scribbled piece of receipt paper that I've kept in my house for a while. Actually, I can find out. I can find out exactly how long I've had it here. It was... It was in my house since October 24th, 2020. And how do I know that exact date? No, I did not write the date on it. That would be silly and helpful. It's because I wrote it down while listening to the Kanye West podcast. But the note says this. I always feel like I need a partner, a teammate, someone to achieve things with. I know I have the ideas. I know I have it in me to change the world and bring my ideas to fruition. But I feel I need someone to do it with. I think I realized the other day that that's my brain talking. And that all I really need to do is partner up my brain with my body. You know what? I probably need to read this note more often. Because seriously, I think I get trapped in my head so much, and that's why I think I need someone else to do things with, when really, if I could just treat my body as my brain's partner and use it to do the things I want... I mean, I think that could work. I need to implement that. Whenever I think of something I want to do, I need to think, okay, well, what can I get my body to do to help? And then get my body to do it. (laughs) And I mean, this probably sounds insane and just like the basic way of, of living and moving, doing anything. Every task you think of and then you do it with your body. But I need to apply it to all situations. Get it out of my head and into bodily action. Start with a physical action myself and see where my body can take things. Instead of waiting to have somebody to run ideas by or have them do it for me. Because right now I think 
so much of my ideas just stay up there. And there's not a lot of space up there, let me tell you. It's getting uncomfortable. It's getting uncomfortable. That got a lot more preachy. And um, I don't really know what the word is. That went well, that went one way, that episode, and that's already been some time. But hey, that's what that's what COVID'll do to a guy, a man. Some might say a boy, a gentleman at least. I just been in my head thinking about what it's like to smell the fresh air and what it's like to be free. And how, you know, coming off a sickness, coming off an injury, the last thing I want to do is wake up in the morning and go to work. I want to, I want to go run around. You know, I had forgotten to, that a recommendation was a thing that I did every episode on the, the last episode when I came back, but then I snuck in that book recommendation at the end. And so that's going to serve as the recommendation for last episode. Song, song, song of the song of now, song of the song of the now. Just stop your crying. It's the song of the now. It's going to be easy by the game featuring Kanye West. And we don't got to get into Kanye West because we just don't have to right now, right now. But the song, it gets me going. I probably only heard it. It's been out for a little, a little minute, but I probably only heard it over the last little bit. And it came on today during one of the many videos I was watching and I was like god what is this this sounds so good and so familiar and I was like okay yeah I've heard this once or twice but I'm gonna definitely use that over the next week or month as motivation to get me up to get me grinding again to get me working on things I use music often always to deal with life And that's why I love when I get a new album by one of my favorite artists, because take J. Cole, for example, his most recent album really was an entire album of confidence from him, which is not always the case. You know, I was a big Eminem fan because, and am, but growing up because it gave me, again, confidence, you know, there was just oozing with confidence which is not something I had, so I can put that on and I can have confidence drive me. And when I don't get new music for a while, I usually revert back to my more listened to, calmer, depressing, indie folk stuff, which is beautiful and I love it and it helps me feel, but it also probably slows me down. And when I can, usually it's rap, it's some type of hippity hop that I can put on and really just 
feel some kind of way, you know, feel confident about myself and be like, you know, fuck yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just push forward. I'm just gonna get things done because I can. So that's the the song. Recommendation. Recommendation. Who knows, dude, you know? Who even freaking knows these days? Oh, recommendation. You want to know know what the recommendation is? Here's what I've been doing, really, with these couple days off with the the vid, the Roni, the C19, is I've been playing board games on my laptop because I'm a cool guy. And so if you like board games and you're a cool guy or gal or a cool they, boardgamearena.com. It's free. They got all these freaking games. Oh, wow. I just typed it in while saying that on my laptop here in front of me. They're offering me Board Game Arena Premium for one month free. One time offer just for me. So... I feel like maybe I'm sponsored for them. That was pretty immediate that I got paid for showing them out. So I'm going to take that one month free. doesn't really do much. The ads are non-invasive at all. They're borderline non-existent. I've seen maybe four ads in, I don't know, 50 games, 60 games. They've got tons of board games on there. You just play with random people around. You can play with friends. You can do whatever you want. Um, So that's going to be... The recommendation, I guess, because I really don't, I really don't have anything else. Recommendations not to get COVID, um, that's not true, you can get it if you want, I'm not going to recommend it one way or the other, because it's been fine for me, (laughs) um, yeah, probably don't get COVID unless you really need a break. Here, no. Recommendation. Take a break if you need it. Like, honestly, take a step back. Say, I need a break. Work. I need two days off on top of my normal weekend because I I just need a break. I'm exhausted. I'm stressed out. I don't see how I'm supposed to continue to work and do the schedule for the next three, four decades of my life. <coughs> and I need a break where I'm going to catch COVID. And that's also an ultimatum. So I'm taking two days off. Take a break. Take a break and draw a picture. Draw, draw me a picture. Send me the pictures that you draw. I want a standard eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper drawing. It can be as detailed or as simple as you choose. Just draw something. Creativity is key. And if this episode got you down about the prospects of the future, I'm sorry. was not really the intention. And I think that with it on more people's minds of maybe where we're heading, we can all make sure that we 
because I think that the listeners of this podcast, at least by what Spotify's analytics tell me, are between the ages of 20 and 35, that when our generation takes over and assumes some control, we will be able to make those decisions and enact things like universal basic income without any conditions because here's what I think is going to happen is universal basic income is going to be enacted in the next few years but it's going to be conditional it's going to be part of a going to a cashless society so that obviously they can track the, the UBI payments make sure that you get them and blah 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 but hey freedom freedom I don't know dude I'm exhausted I got COVID brain um, I don't even know what day it is, really. I said the day, and the days all through the podcast. Those are made-up days. I don't know what day it is. But it makes for a good story. You can have it all. I love you. I love it. I love you. If you're listening to this, I love you. And you deserve to be loved. And if you're not getting love or feeling love right now, feel it from me. And then maybe see why you're not getting love and see what needs to change. Okay, bye.